Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Running on Scuffs. Uh, we're joining you guys again from our, our wonderful uh, individual studios, also known as our individual residential areas. But uh, nonetheless, we're here and we're, we're ready to talk about a very interesting and chaotic weekend out in the wild west of Texas. Uh, and we're going to go first to some comments from our residential Texan, Mr. Zachary Bell, buddy. How you doing? Fantastic. Every time the Lone Star State gets graced with the pure bliss that is NASCAR, it is always, and I repeat and emphasize this, always a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Absolutely. We had some interesting racing, and we're going to get all into that into this uh in this episode uh mr loganity how are you doing today buddy no Who's no gonna tell <laughs> <him>? <laughs> no <laughs> you're can't muted any, buddy yeah yeah i can't get any audio audio from the guy it, it's uh, you, you missed you missed the hat memo. Uh, that's that's a shame. Do you do you stop wearing the hats when the driver stops winning, or how's that work for you? Well, if I'd have done that, I wouldn't have worn it uh, at all throughout this uh, throughout this season. No, I just uh, I, I misplaced my hat. Actually, it's around here somewhere, but I got to find it for uh, before Talladega this weekend. But uh, great to be back on the show. Looking forward to another. Uh, it's going to be a hell raising edition. I can promise you that or running on scuffs. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Peyton, always keeping us straight. I uh, appreciate your, your help with Logan's audio there. How are you doing tonight, ma'am, or producer? I don't have a hat. The only hat has another brand on it. Um, but Texas is also my favorite track. So I was entertained kind of but also worried so i'm sure you guys will touch on everything as i push more buttons well, i believe there might only be two people on the face of this earth that say that texas is their favorite nascar track and we just happen to have both of them right here on running on scuffs so uh, that's actually not true. Zach said last week that his favorite track was Bristol. But I want to correct the statement, okay? My favorite track is Texas. My favorite race is the Bristol Night Race. That's fair. That, that's fair. Um, Listen, Bristol is one, 110% a better race than Texas is most of the time. However... When this is the track that I've grown up 45 minutes from, I've been to over 20 races at this facility, and the second any of you bozos want to make it a Walmart, you're going to have to run me over with the dozer. <laughs> you know, I actually saw there was uh, something floating around on Twitter earlier today. It was like a map of uh, turning Texas into a, the, a Bristol clone. Best of both, Best of both worlds, maybe, you know. Get all my love of Bristol right here in my own backyard. I mean, I, I can't say no to the idea, at least. Certainly be better than turning into another Atlanta, at yeah. least in my opinion. Um, 
Nonetheless, uh, we did have a, a couple races uh, at Texas this past weekend. Uh, before we get into that, I, I, I hope you guys were paying attention to the bottom of the screen. We are available on other uh, streaming platforms now. If you're not catching this podcast live, we're now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Samsung Podcasts, and Amazon Music, as well as a couple other smaller ones. Um, so really cool to have that. Uh, audio versions of the podcast are out. You can listen to it in your car while you're driving. And I have to admit, I was listening to last week's episode in my car, uh, and we actually sounded a lot better than I thought we would on the radio. So uh, congratulations to all of us on that. Um, but let's get into everything that we're going to talk about this on this lovely Monday evening. We had two Texas races, both of which, the Xfinity and the Cup Series, both set records for the most cautions in a Texas race uh, for their respective series. There was a lot of chaos that happened in these races. And Logan, I want your your opinions here. Just before we get into each individual race, tell me what your overall thoughts were on the whole weekend. Um, how do I put this? Cluster. One big, huge cluster. Um, the Xfinity race was interesting. Uh, yeah, that was enjoyable to some extent. Noah Gregson getting four, count them, si- tying uh, Sam Marble. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, yesterday, in a word, uh, being as fair as we can be, chaotic. Chaotic and uh, overshadowing a, a lot of the accomplishments, including the win, really. We're not, we're not talking about the winner a whole lot. No one is. That's not knocking Tyler Reddick. It's just very, very chaotic of a race. That's the best way I'll put it for now. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was definitely a chaotic weekend. Zach, I know you were not there in person, uh, like we had thought you you may have been, but uh, you were still you still caught up on the races. You know what happened. What were your thoughts on the weekend? Yeah, um, I'll say this as someone who, uh, as I just said, has gone over twenty something races at Texas. It is kind of an interesting to, to watch it on TV um, and see how TV covers the race there because I've always been high on Texas races is like in general. But I, I truly think this this weekend, in my opinion, it, to me fulfilled a lot of things NASCAR fans ask for in a race weekend. They, you know, it was competitive. It was on the edge of your seat and maybe not for the reasons you want it to be. Um, but you know, if you ask me like this checked a lot of the boxes of what NASCAR fans say they want in races. Um, and we got it. It delivered. You got likable winners, you had drama throughout, you know, uh, both, you know, tire related and, and drivers personalities and everything. So I think Texas delivered to the maximum of its possibility. That's a fair statement. Uh, I have to say, I don't know what the, uh, I, I, I think you're right. I just don't know what the maximum of Texas's possibility really is. It just seems to be a, uh, a fading track, uh, at least well, in an era where we've seen the uh, next gens do so well on the mile and a half. 
so far? Well, I'll say this. I was listening to The Athletic earlier, and listeners of Dipstick Debates know we had co-host Jeff Gluck on, and um, my favorite NASCAR journalist, by the way, outside of Justin and Logan. However, they were talking about that, you know, you can get away with one kind of fluky, clunky, like clunky sort of race where like tire failures happen and, you know, just kind of an odd race, you know, like uh, call it the old like, you know, full moon Halloween edition of NASCAR. And if you're going to tell me that that's where Texas slots on the schedule, um, sign me up. I think the problem that people have with this race is not directly the race, but coming off a week at Bristol and a week at Kansas and Darlington where there's been kind of, they've all four been kind of kooky, funky races, you know? They have not been straightforward, linear stories. Um, and I think people were hoping in a way that Texas would deliver that. But I think when you go into the future and you look at as this next-gen car gets developed, the good team, the great teams get better with this car, you know, and everybody kind of continues to grow in it. A wackadoo race like Texas um, will absolutely um, be more appreciated. Our very own Peyton Lord with a comment. Where's the love for B Pac? Uh, love our boy B Pac. Always, I, uh, always, and forever. I, I I have great respect for Bob Pockers, but I, I'm a little biased with uh, with Zach on the fact that uh, Jeff Gluck was actually on our podcast uh, back when we did Dipstick Debates. So, you know, anybody who gives us a hey, the first uh, person whether it be a driver, a journalist, whatever, first person uh, within the industry to get, be a guest on uh, Running on Scuffs, you'll be my new favorite, I promise. So just to, to throw that out there to anybody watching who wants to appear on our show. You heard it here, Kyle Bush. You got yeah. one more fan to move with you to the eight car. Justin said it here first. Hey, Come on if, in. Hey, if we get Kyle Bush, I'll, I'll do it. I, MTJ I to KFB. I will not do it. I can promise you that. God is my witness on that. <laughs> well, not everybody's willing to sell out. So, nonetheless, um, so getting into these individual races before I just go off track and start talking about Lord knows what. Uh, uh, Logan, you foreshadowed to it. The Xfinity race was won by the the same driver that's won the last. Four now, uh, new Mr. September, uh, Harry Gant in the Cup Series a long time ago, and now we've got Noah Gregson in the Xfinity Series. Four races in a row, uh, and he is going to advance himself into the round of eight for the Xfinity Series playoffs. Uh, he's the only driver that is locked into the round of eight as far as the Xfinity Series goes. So we have... Two races left in the Xfinity Series round of 12. Uh, we've got Talladega and we have, what, Vegas coming up for them? Or is... The Charlotte Roval. No, the Roval. Roval. I can't keep track of anything. I, I forget about the Roval. Uh, two very chaotic tracks. And I got to say, if if you're an Xfinity or a Cup playoff driver, we'll get to the Cup uh, in, in a moment. If you're looking at Talladega and the Roval as your next two tracks... I think the only one cup or Xfinity that can sleep well is Noah Gregson because he's the only driver in either series that's locked into the round of eight. So Talladega and the Roval pose 
extreme challenges for both for both series. Um, moving on uh, for the fourth ish race in a row for the Cup Series, we had a non playoff driver win. This one for the Cup Series was a playoff driver, but got eliminated last round. Tyler Reddick uh, picked up his third victory. Uh, not only of the season, but of his career, and the first on a non-road course. Uh, he ran really, uh, really well at Texas last year, uh, so I don't think it was any surprise that Reddick was going to run well this year as well, but there was a lot of controversy, in in especially in the cup race, but in both races, there was a lot of action. Um, and before we unfold some of it in the scuffed up segment, a little foreshadowing there, I got to talk. There were a lot of part failures, whether it be tires going down. That seemed to be the biggest issue for the cup race. You know, had a lot of issues. Zach, I'll go to you on this. Whose fault is this? Is this NASCAR? Is this the teams? Is this Goodyear? What, what's the problem? We've seen this, like you, you foreshadowed to, four kind of clunky races now within a very short time span. Yeah. You know, I know last week I came on the show and said it's the teams, and they definitely are a part of it, right? They're the ones that set the air pressures and the camber and stuff in the car. And obviously Goodyear has to have some sort of responsibility because they are the ones that make the tires. But truthfully, I I think it falls mostly on NASCAR. These are four different tracks that we've seen these issues at. And I think a lot of it can be attributed to the lack of practice, to be honest. Um, This isn't to say that, you know, teams aren't being aggressive in setups because they definitely are, especially at a track like Texas where uh, passing was at not a premium this weekend, but it was not necessarily the easiest it's been this season. And Bristol last week as well, passing was not easy. However, with that being said, I think if you can give them more practice time, they can adjust this before the race on Sunday, you know, and and you can, uh, you give a lot more chance to work out the kinks than like a five lap runaround session and be like, all right, I feel comfortable enough to qualify this car, you know, and then go blind into the race with what I really have. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think the, uh, I have been advocating ever since I know originally we got rid of practice because of COVID measures and and things like that. But as the world is becoming more normal and we're moving past into kind of a post pandemic phase of COVID uh, I've been advocating to go back to longer practice sessions for these drivers. Um, I think that's the, you know, these, I mean, these drivers are, in my opinion, they are incredible athletes and the abilities that they have are incredible, but every athlete deserves some time to practice. And that means more than just in the simulator uh, for these drivers. Logan, you were kind of nodding your head there. What are your thoughts on this? Um, We don't do this a whole lot, but I kind of completely agree. Uh, We got to have more practice time. Look, say what you want. We're not a political show. The sitting president of the United States has said, we're in the we're, pandemic's over. Said that on 60 Minutes, I believe. So we, we let's let's move past. Yes, COVID's COVID's around. We had to be careful, but 
frankly, these tire issues, I don't know if they could have been fully addressed maybe, but we'd have been much more aware of the kind of cluster that was coming if we had a more full-fledged practice session because these these 20 minutes in group A, group B, yes, it's it's nice. It's it's important. Uh, you know, that's that's a start. But, you know, let's, let's not forget uh, in early 2020 and especially in 2019, you know, we were doing hour practice sessions, 55 minutes, and that's – and not only that, let's be honest, that's that's good for the sport, right? Um, you know, the let's not forget about the TV deals that are coming up here in a few years. That's more content to sell, and that's that's important. So I just think that uh, we do. We need longer practice sessions. Um, do I think it's entirely on NASCAR? Uh, yes and no. It's, 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 the, it's easy to sit here from the Loganity Lounge and say, Here's what you're doing wrong. I'm not in that spot. I haven't held a job that has anywhere near that degree of complications and things you really can't account for and a ton of moving parts and 36 to 40 drivers for 38 weeks. I mean, that's a it's a mess. Yes, NASCAR needs to do better. But we should also give a little bit of the bit of the doubt. It's not like they're wanting to put out a crappy product. It's not like they're wanting to see what we saw at Texas because anyone that wants to see what we saw at Texas as far as, far as the part failures needs their head examined. So, yeah, I just I do. I think the first step to solving these issues is figuring out them before the race. And the best way to do that is longer practice. Let's get back to that next year. Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, I, and I think we all collectively agree that more practice is certainly not a bad thing. It's it's not going to be a be a hindrance to these drivers. Hopefully, we can avoid if we have more practice and we have the time to to figure out what's going to happen with these tires, with these cars, with these parts. Uh, then we can avoid certain incidents like what we uh, what we saw with Cody Ware. Uh, thankfully, Cody Ware is okay for anybody who watched the race and saw the wreck. Uh, he was examined and released from the Enfield Care Center uh, and was not transported to uh, any medical facility further than that. So we're thankful for the safety measures that NASCAR has in place. Um, but they were talking about it on the NBC broadcast. I mean, if that car had hit, you know, four feet higher up on the wall, on the pit wall than it did, I mean, we'd be talking about potentially a much, much different scenario. And that that's something, you know, we brushed on it last week with the part failures. We don't ever want to see anybody get injured uh, or worse. So, you know, anything we can do to fix that. And I think you guys are right. I think practice is a good way to go about that. Um, nonetheless, uh, still, I mean, with Tyler Reddick winning, uh, obviously it wasn't a new winner, but it's still really keeping the parity of winners going. I mean, Chase Elliott, is, has four wins and Tyler Reddick now has three, but I mean, everybody else sitting at two or less, I mean, a very competitive season overall, but moving on from our Texas uh, race reviews, it was a big, big weekend in Texas. And we've got some other things to talk about. We've got a lot of news stories to talk about um, this weekend. So let's go ahead and get into our feel good segment where we have, uh, some news stories to talk about. What's that, Logan? <laughs> four Kinda. fresh, Mr. Feelgoods. Four fresh. Oh, four, 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 one, four two, fresh, three, yes. four. I mean, two is okay, but four. You got to have four fresh, Mr. Feelgoods. Well, certainly after, I'll tell you, if I, 
if I was running that race at Texas and if my crew chief said we didn't have any more fresh tires, I'd be saying, well, you better be buying some then. <laughs> no, man. Just run on the scuffs. You know, running on the scuffs it, it, for about 25 laps to 25, 30 laps at Texas, that could be dangerous. So, you know, we're, we're going to go with the feel goods here on, on this one. Uh, talk about a track, though, that hopefully uh, does not, not typically a tire track, uh, is Talladega coming up this weekend. And we'll get into our race previews for a little bit later on in the show. Um, getting into our feel-good segment, we do have some news stories we want to talk about. First and foremost, and I want to go ahead and get this out of the way, uh, definitely the most somber news. Uh, DJ Vanderlei, he is an engineer at Stuart Haas Racing. Um, he sustained very severe injuries um, in an on-track accident in a micro-sprint outlaw race uh, in Texas. Um, he has several fractured vertebrae and a spinal cord injury. Uh, we, Our thoughts, our prayers go out to him and his family. That is, again, we talk about injuries. That's never something you want to see. Um, so our, again, our thoughts and our prayers are with his family. There is actually, uh, there was a, like a GoFundMe page that was set up to help pay for his medical expenses. Um, so, you know, we, we really, uh, really hate to see that. Um, and again, our thoughts and prayers go with him. Um, moving on though, uh, into some other news, we've got, uh, the seven-time champion uh, of NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson. I'm sorry, Logan. I saw your head perk up. We weren't talking about the king. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, old seven-time, uh, is retiring, officially retiring from full-time racing. He's not going to run uh, a full-time IndyCar schedule. He is open to running the, quote, bucket list events. Uh, so perhaps an Indy 500, perhaps a Daytona 500. Something like that, maybe. Maybe we have uh, uh, Zach. You mentioned something earlier while we were chatting uh, in private uh, about SRX, uh, and I think that would be an interesting route for for Jimmy to go. Uh, if Jimmy does run SRX, does he like go straight to the top and just dominate the old timers, or what are your thoughts? Uh, no, you know a lot. Of, I know that the SRX is considered an old timer series. And I, I feel like that's an unfair label, quite frankly, you know, in older NASCAR eras, these guys would still be full-time cup drivers. But with that being said, like there's other guys that are still very much actively racing, namely the guy who runs the damn series, Tony Stewart, definitely not away from the racetrack last I saw. Um, you know, Matt Kenseth, you know, he ran quite a few races here. He lingers around Greg Biffle, Michael Walter. Like, so these guys... You know, they're not obviously as active as they were in their cup and IndyCar careers and everything, but to act like these are old, decrepit has-beens, you know, this is not Richard Petty. And I'm not saying he's an old, decrepit has-been, but, you know, I mean, Richard Petty is long removed from the seat of a race car. It's a health risk for to put Richard Petty behind the seat of a race car in a competitive race. It is not a health risk to put Tony Stewart and Jimmy Johnson in race cars. <laughs> I love this show. I love it. <laughs> oh, we've 
gotten we've gotten Logan all, all chuckled up here. We've I'd also like to shout out my dad uh, with the old decrepit has been quote. I quoted his least favorite NASCAR driver of all time. Oh wait, no, his favorite NASCAR driver of all time. Excuse me, I apologize. I quoted <laughs> Kurt Busch when he talked about one Mister Excitement, Jimmy Spencer. <laughs> uh, we have some fun on this show, which is why everybody should tune in. Uh, and be sure to again, uh, you saw it pop up. Uh, if you guys have any uh, any opinions on what we're chatting about, uh, be feel free to drop a comment. Uh, we will we'll be reading those out loud uh, for those that are live, and we'll we'll give our thoughts on your thoughts. Um, a little bit of uh, Xfinity Series uh, silly season news: Bailey Curry uh, is going to return to the number four car for JD Motorsports in 2023. Um, so nice to see him get a deal, a deal done with that. Uh, Brandon Brown, unfortunately is going to be leaving, uh, Brandon belt motorsports and the 68 team after this weekend. Um, I know Brandon Brown, his, his career has taken, a, a kind of a unexpected turn. And I, I think in a lot of ways, what should have been the, uh, you know, the best, weekend of his career ended up turning into to something ugly uh, for no fault of his own. And Logan, you said we're not a political show. We're not going to go there. But, you know, nonetheless, I, I hate to see that Brandon Brown's having such struggles finding, uh, you know, finding the sponsorship and or the ride uh, needed for him to pursue his dreams. Um. A little bit of a, uh, a happier note. Alex Bowman uh, received the Halifax Humane Humanitarian of the Year Award. Uh, so really cool just to see any driver win a, a humanitarian award. You know, it's always really cool to see drivers getting out there, giving back to their communities. Um, you know, that again, it's something that makes them seem more human. And it shows that they're they're not just, you know, these super athletes that are out there that are, you know, completely detached. Uh, and I think NASCAR is one of the best sports uh, in the world uh, for that, giving back to the community. There's so many drivers out there that have foundations and, and stuff like that. So congrats to Alex Bowman. Uh, Team Penske uh, was set to appeal the Ryan Blaney penalty from Bristol for the loose tire. Uh, but they have decided to withdraw that, uh, and his therefore the penalties uh, for that will start this weekend in Talladega. They were able to forego it for Texas, um, but they are going to uh, to serve that penalty starting in this weekend in Talladega. Uh, Kelly Earnhardt uh, is now the CEO of All Dale Junior Companies. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, we've seen uh, anybody who pays attention to kind of the inner workings of the sport. Dale Jr. is the face of Junior Motorsports, but Kelly Earnhardt Miller does a lot of the behind-the-scenes work. She's doing a lot of the business deals, and she does an incredible job at Junior Motorsports. So that's really cool to see her kind of take on that role. Um, Zach, do you have any thoughts about that one? Yeah. Um, you know – Dale and Kelly really are the life lifeblood of the sport together. Um, Dale on Dale on the side that we all see, and Kelly on everything we don't see. Right? 
Um, and, and quite frankly, in a sport that is dominated by men on and off the racetrack, seeing a female in charge of definitely the biggest and loudest Xfinity Series operation and probably one of the biggest brands in NASCAR, no matter the series, um, is awesome news, you know? And, and Kelly, like I said, does a lot more than just inside the JRM building and the whole Earnhardt family, right? But within the inner workings of NASCAR and everything like that, she's a, a fantastic role model and a fantastic figure in the sport. Um, and I, as a fan of the Xfinity series, and I was never a Dale Jr. fan in his driving days, but I have come to love and appreciate him so much as a person uh, since his retirement. Um, Kelly, Kelly also falls in that group. You know, I mean, um, such an important figure in the Xfinity series, such an important figure in all of NASCAR. Um, quite frankly, the Xfinity series is not what it is today. And quite a few drivers and, and champions of the cup series. Um, oh, oh, Kelly, quite a large thank you to helping their career and, and making junior motorsports the place to go for Chevrolet development drivers and the future of Hendrick motorsports. Quite frankly, that's a lot where a lot of it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you've got drivers like, you know, obviously recent champions like Chase Elliott who have uh, driven under the, you know, junior motorsports banner, but even back, you know, with Chance too with Martin Truex Jr., uh, you know, Kyle Busch worked with them slightly, you know, with the Hendrick brand a little bit through there. So, you know, like you said, champions that have, you know, like, you said have a lot to thank uh, Kelly Earnhardt Miller for. So really cool to see that. Um, so moving on from that, we've got another piece of Xfinity news. Uh, Ryan Vargas is partnering with Reddit uh, as the sponsor for his car for Talladega. Uh, Ryan Vargas is one of those that's always going out there getting social media to to uh to sponsor him he had the big tiktok car there for a while and and now uh here he is with a reddit car which looks, uh we don't actually have a picture of it but it looks really cool uh the paint scheme on it so it'll be cool to see that in person uh i'll be there uh to see that and hopefully uh i'll get to see some of you guys down there uh for that um a piece of cup series news chris busher signed a contract extension with RFK Racing. What is it about these, about you get a win and all of a sudden you get a, a nice brand new contract right in front of you, Logan? What what seems to be the deal with that? Win and, is that all you got to do? You got just got to win. Well, that's, that's the name of the game right nowadays, especially we're in this system where win and you're in, right? That really probably means more than we know. We know we talk about it as for the playoffs, but, that's a, it's a big league Reddit car. You can, you can find anything on Reddit, uh, anything at all. <laughs> uh, and so, I, yeah, I think that is kind of the case. It's especially for, for a team like RFK, uh, the cat in the hat hasn't had many wins lately. And so when you have somebody and let's not sleep on how consistent he's been this year. Um, you know, he's really been, he's easily been the strongest RFK car. No disrespect to Brad K, but, it, but they're just now hitting their stride. It feels like where, Busher's been in the contention for some some wins before. Um, I, I cannot recall the road course that he was second on. Somebody help Sonoma. me. Sonoma. Sonoma. Yeah. And and 
and so he's had a good year. We we frankly we forget it. He, they started out strong, winning the duels. I know the duels were a bit of a snoozer, but they still won them. And so yeah, I think it is kind of a win you're in thing. And frankly, RFK still probably you know saving a little money. And so if he if he's happy there and he feels he can grow the program and and things like that, what? Well, why wouldn't you? Because there's a, you know, there's always that great question of change, right? But change for just change sake isn't always the way. Who out there that they're realistically going to get, no disrespect, but who out there that they're realistically going to get is better than Christopher Busher, as Dale Jr. likes to call it? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, is, you know, I don't, I can't think of a name. Uh, you know, the only person that could even come to mind that might be somewhere near the same town level, but maybe a little below is Matty D and he signed to another uh, truck contract next year. So like I, it, when it comes to Busher and RFK, why wouldn't you? I think it's a win-win. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, Chris Busher is a, uh, is a very talented driver. I don't think he gets the credit uh, that he deserves often, but you know, he, he ran well, uh, at JTG in the 37, uh, oftentimes it seemed like he got caught up in, in certain issues, but you know, he moved back. They made the deal with Roush where he's back in the 17 RFK continues to sign him. And you're right. It did take them a little bit to get their stride, but they did have the good run at Sonoma, obviously picking up the win at Bristol and, you know, before spinning out, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, he was actually the fastest car on the on the racetrack at Texas, uh, running third uh, when he ended up spinning out due to a due to a blown tire. But you know, so they've really hit their stride, and, and Brad Keselowski has as well. Uh, he qualified on the pole for for Texas and had a decent run uh, in of itself. So you know, RFK is definitely on the upward trend, and I think you know. Chris Buescher having that win and his results, I, I don't see any reason to take him out of that, out of that role. So um, with our last piece of, of news for our feel good segment, uh, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to, uh, to the, to the weather uh, recently, but there is now a hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico, hurricane Ian. Um, and we're watching that closely. It's looking like it's going to have major impacts to Florida. Uh, you know, our thoughts and our prayers are with uh, even our very own Dan Foster, who lives down in that area. You know, so we're we're praying for everybody, and we pray that everybody gets out uh, safely or is well prepared for this storm. Uh, one thing that this could affect, though, uh, maybe not necessarily with direct impacts, but there could be some rain uh, at Talladega uh, this weekend from Ian. It looks like it's going to depend on how fast this storm moves through. Uh, it looks like Saturday is for the Xfinity and truck races are the most in jeopardy. It looks like the cup race on Sunday will be okay, hopefully. Um but just another another race weekend that could be affected by rain. Uh, Zach, what are your do you have any thoughts, or is it just Mother Nature? Well, you know, first of all, it, the, this weekend will not be affected by rain in the way we're talking about. NASCAR's thrown out the damn rule book, so rain be damned. If it rains on the track, 
let's just run them all into the wall like they did at Daytona. Quite frankly, you know, NASCAR, this is not going to be harping on Texas, but if there's anything I've noticed in the last five weeks, uh, it's that NASCAR has absolutely no control over its sport. So, weather be damned, rulebook be damned. If NASCAR wants the drivers to race in the rain, then guess what? We're going to race in the rain at Talladega, boys. Oh, I certainly hope not. That I I want to see a I want to see some good racing at Talladega. I don't know if I want to see any rain racing at Talladega. Logan, will you have any comments on this? Well, you know, it's just uh, frankly, I was going to ask you. You're the you're the kind of re- resident weatherman. You have a background in studying weather. You know, when you look at it, uh, what do you think? Because uh, I want to ask you right here on the on the spot on the air. We are live, pal. Uh, what do you think? Is it going to hit? You know, obviously it won't directly, but are we going to get that rain on on Sunday, or or are we looking good? Come on, talk to me now. You, t- my my official prediction for Sunday uh-huh. is no. I think we're I think we're going to be clear for a Cup race Sunday. Uh, I'm not as confident in the truck or Xfinity races on Saturday, um, but yeah, I, I I do think we get uh, this. Hopefully, all this is going to be moved out by Sunday. Certainly, Sunday afternoon, uh, by the time the Cup race is supposed to be. So, yeah, I, I think we get through the Cup race uh, Sunday. It's the truck and Xfinity races that I'm a little concerned about. Of course, the problem is, as we know, uh, and I know that people on Twitter will get fired up on Sunday if this happens. You know, if they do get a little bit of rain from Ian. Uh, Talladega does not have lights. You know, I know that Bob will get that question as he always does on Twitter. Something unpredictable, but in the end is right. Hey, Bob, does Talladega have lights? That's that's how Twitter goes. So, yeah, that's something we have to also worry about. Uh, I think sundown's, what, 720? I think I saw Bob tweet already prepping. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Uh, and, and that is a real issue. Uh, I know there were some people uh, that were a little. Uh, uh, Dan Foster just commented, said, "Put lights at Talladega." The amount uh, I, I personally, for it, Dan. Yeah, I, it costs. It would cost an incredible amount of money to put lights at Talladega. Uh, I, I mean, I would love it personally because you know, hopefully, it would. You know, I'd love to see a night race at Talladega. Oh, but, um, or we can start the race at noon. Look, yeah, hey, I'd, I'd be okay with that too. I'll, I'll I'll trade you one better. We used to do eleven. They used to do eleven o'clock back in old Richard's day. So why not? Let's go. Hey, whatever it may be, I, I love getting out of. Uh, I love the old races where I'd get out of church and already miss fifty laps of the race. Um, and that's actually not sarcasm. I actually do miss those times. For, um. But no, I, I do. I think we get a race in Sunday. Saturday's a little iffy. A little nice. Uh, but we're we're hoping for the best. I've been to a few races in person. Uh, I've been to three NASCAR events uh, in person and one SRX race in person, all of which had the threat of rain. And only one of those events did I not see because of the rain. So... You know, we're hoping that streak stays pretty good. So the problem is you. Oh, absolutely. My my mom and I were actually texting about this before we went on the air. Uh, we were, we, she was talking about. She was like, uh, 
a little insider knowledge or like, uh, you know, have you looked at the weather? And I was like, yeah. And she was uh, <laughs> like, it's not looking good. I was like, yep, this happens every time we go to a race. But uh, to be fair, let's let's give NASCAR a little props. We were talking about start times. It's a two o'clock start time, Eastern time. That's that's what what's that one in your time? Justin yeah. and Zach. I mean, that's not yeah. bad. That's that's yeah. that's not bad at all. Yeah. The earliest start time of the season because they know what's up. Hey, look, that, they say, know. Say what you want about NASCAR, but but every now and again, Mama didn't raise no fool. What? What's well, that? After it's... last year's Bubba Wallace win, they're not gonna sit here and not capitalize on trying to get some moment like that or, or whatever on big NBC. <laughs> on a Sunday, Dan commented back, said, uh, "Goodyear can pay for the uh, for the lights since they're ripping off the teams for the tires being so terrible." So that's right. Denny Hamlin said it best. That's you know, I, if you can if you can find a way to raise the money for it, I'm all for lights at Talladega. Um, but nonetheless, speaking uh, of Talladega, before we get into our, our race previews, we got to go into uh, our favorite segment of the night. Uh, gentlemen, are you guys? I hope you guys are ready because for the first few episodes here, I've been letting you guys get off easy here. We've kind of debated and we've, we've thrown some things out and you guys have debated about it, but we haven't really had a debate winner. And because I'm the host of the show, I'm going to let you guys debate over a topic. And at the end of it, I'm going to let you guys go back and forth and have your time. And I'm going to pick who I think wins this debate. So uh, it's time to get scuffed up, ladies and gentlemen. And our topic of the day, Zach, you're going you're gonna to feel pretty, uh, pretty heated about this one. Uh, so at Texas, we had a little bit of a run-in between Denny Hamlin and William Byron. Uh, according to William Byron, you know, we can debate that all we want. According to William Byron, Denny Hamlin uh, ran uh, Byron up the track, got him into the wall coming off of two. And uh, under caution, a little bit later, uh, William Byron, according to Hamlin, uh, spun him spun him out under caution. William Byron denied this. Uh, just just throwing out, out our, all of our facts here. Those are not facts. William Byron denied this. And, uh, and so the question uh, has come up, uh, should William Byron have been penalized for wrecking Denny Hamlin under, uh, under caution? And uh, so, Zach, because you're so uh, heated uh, about this already, I'm going to let you have the floor first. Logan, you'll have your time to rebut here. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take myself off the screen here, and I'm going to let you guys go at it. Zach, you have the floor. Hell yes, this should have been a penalty. We have the data. We have the throttle trace. We have the in-car evidence. William Byron is coming off of turn four at Texas. Off to the right, you can see the lights. You can see the caution lights blinking. You hear him slowing down. And then 
he has the audacity to hammer it into Denny Hamlin. You can hear the throttle in the video, on in the on-card video. Hell yes, this should have been a damn penalty. This is what I meant when I said NASCAR has absolutely zero control over their sport. A wrecking a driver under caution is the most dangerous, classless, and absolutely spineless move I have seen in my 20 years of watching this sport. William Byron can get his ass out of that seat and get back on iRacing where he belongs. He is a disgrace to the Cup Series, and quite frankly, NASCAR is a bogus is bogus if they don't penalize him. All right, my turn. All right, uh, look, I, I have to agree. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I agree with Dan Foster. Absolutely not. He shouldn't have been penalized. He he did. We we have, all we can do, Zach. All we can do, people, is all we can do is take a man at his word. He said he never meant to. Look, he lost his temper and and made a decision. We're in an era where what's wrong with the boys have at it. That's part of the sport. Sometimes people lose their temper, and you race their 40 weeks out of the year, you're going to piss some people off. And I got news. Denny Hamlin acts like he's, you know, respecting the old guard and, and doing all these things. But, but I mean, he's just become old, grumpy, and cantankerous. Here's the, here's the situation. Here's the situation. Look, should you have wrecked him? No, but penalized? No, because at the end of the day, all it did was spin him out. Didn't hurt him, didn't make any contact. And I know you can say, well, it might have. Look, I'm tired of this whole weekend has been woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't deal in ifs, I deal in absolutes. And frankly, good for William Byron for standing up for himself. The only way you're going to get respect on that track is if you enforce it. Whether you're right or wrong, you, you should not let Denny Hamlin and others run you over. And Denny Hamlin and... Kevin Harvick and to a lesser extent Kurt Busch act like they own the place from time to time because they have the sonority, right? So no, I don't think he should be penalized. He he said he didn't mean to, and yet we're a society that loves Adele rattle the bunny's cage. Uh, I, so yeah, I think if we're okay with if we're okay with that kind of driving from Dale or Tony Stewart that we talked about on this show, uh, William Byron, you know, making a bad decision under under caution. I don't think we should should. We should we should condemn that. We should say that shouldn't happen. But to penalize it, ah, that's going a little far. Look, it's good for the no. good for, good for the gander. You got you got to own it because you're right. William Byron's a young punk kid from from the uh, from you know from the online world from the from the i racing world. You gotta you go out you gotta go out and earn your keep. I'll let you I'll let you talk back. He listen. You set the precedent here, and Denny Hamlin said in his post race interview. What's going to stop Martin Truex? Let's just say hypothetically, Hamlin is in this final four with William Byron, and what's going to happen? What's going to stop Truex from going out and t-boning him side, you know, driver side door at Phoenix to take him out of the race? What are you going to say then, Logan? Is that a legitimate champion now? Whoever wins that race is that a legitimate champion because Truex took him out? This yeah. illegitimizes the sport and makes it a clown show. Okay. But again, but again, we we hail the names Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt Sr. and they 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 weren't afraid to get up somebody's hind end. They weren't, you know, like I said, we we praise Tony Stewart. Uh, I don't, I don't. I think uh, think he I think he's a despicable human being if I'm being frank. But I, I just think that look at the end of the day, should he have done it? No. But to say let's penalize him, penalize him if it really hurts something. Sure, he did. He did. He caused Denny Hamlin 
24 pa- 24 positions or 25 positions on a track that was hard to pass midway to late in the race, midway through stage three, late in the race. And, 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 and William Byron gets away with it. And then William Byron has this BS argument. Hamlin never touched him, never once made contact. And this is, he put William Byron in a position to choose his own fate, Look. lift or wreck. And then he decides to sit here and say that Hamlin made him break the toe link, which if I remember correctly, we've seen broken toe links quite a bit this year. Seems to be one of the faultier parts on this next-gen car. Sure. And I don't believe that broken toe link cars finish seventh place at a track with the, with the with all the tire issues and load issues we had at Texas. That, but so, that's, he's, so he's wrong. But hold on. Isn't that a lot of speculation? We can only take a man at his word. We're not there. Okay, but we have evidence of drivers literally going out under the damage, like losing, like leaving races under the damaged vehicle clock because they can't fix a broken toe link. But William Byron is some masterclass god behind the car who drove it to a seventh place finish at Texas with a broken toe link. I think this this is an over. He overreacted. He lost his cool. And quite frankly, you know, he dumped him under caution. Well, and, and and NASCAR did nothing to rectify it. They said they, they, didn't see they it. went out here and even said that they didn't even have an eye on it. They didn't even know it happened. This is a blatant miscue by the sport. That's a good. Point, Dan, I don't I don't care where he finished. If we're gonna That's sit here and make this argument that if we're gonna sit here and make this argument that every point and every position matters and we're hard racing and blah 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 blah, then absolutely it matters. What happens to William Byron and what happened to Denny Hamlin? It absolutely matters. That's nine points. He was second place. And Denny Hamlin said it best. If if that race can go green for an extended period of time, like it did at the end, you know, it had a decent length green flag run, especially for that race, a very long green flag run at the end. Um, who knows what could have happened? This, this incident under caution that was total bullshit absolutely cost him his entire race and And, and quite frankly this these are the sort of moments where we talked about you know you were like oh back at darlington oh if denny hamlin doesn't move eric jones you know maybe we're talking about championship this is a championship moment right here these are the sort of things that are going to cost william byron a chance like a a championship Look, I look, I hear you. I get what you're saying. At the end of the day, let the drivers police this. It's their sport. Dell Senior was policing. We Richard Petty has told stories of policing back in his day. We don't need to go. Look, if you want to get, have a talk with William Byron, that's fine. I respect that. I get that. Should it be happening technically? No. But again, let the drivers police this. Denny Hamlin's going to have plenty of opportunity to get him back if he that's what he wants to do, and he has that right. But I don't know why everything nowadays, we live in this world, well, oh, we better go to the principal. They better do something about it. No. Why? As long as no, we got plenty of tra- – like, don't do anything at Talladega, of course. But Martinsville's coming up. If you want to get somebody back, there's the place for it. Frankly, Denny Hamlin should give a little grace and handle it on the track because for years – he, he had issues with people. He probably cost Chase Elliott his first win. He went out of his way to embarrass Kyle Petty and 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 look like an ass. That like give a little grace because you were a young punk once too. Not to the point he was wrecking people. He wrecked Chase Elliott one time at a short track. Okay. 
Oh, so one so, time. Oh. And Kyle Petty wasn't asked. And Kyle Petty irrationally hates Denny Hamlin to this day, 15 years later. I, irrationally well, I hates Denny Hamlin. But let's get back. That. Let's get I back to a relevant Kyle person. Petty Kyle Petty is irrelevant. What they have does Kyle Petty have to do with this, like Dale Jr. said my on his point, podcast. My and, point and, being is my point being is Denny was young too and has lost his temper as well. And, and it happens. It's part of the sport, it's part of the growing process. And nobody said boo-hoo to him. And show me the tapes where Denny Hamlin wrecks someone under caution. Show me, show me the tapes where Denny Hamlin jeopardized someone's life and the integrity of the sport. Didn't jeopardize anybody's life. Did, uh, William Byron didn't jeopardize anybody's life. It was under caution at Texas and no damage was taken. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. You can't, we can't play this game of if. Don't drive to work tomorrow, Zach, because you might get in a car wreck. I understand. If he'd, if he'd careen that wall, I'm with you. But he did not careen that wall. What happens if he goes in firing down pit lane and that's takes it. out? That's if. That's not what took place. But here's the thing. We're opening the can of worms and we're opening the door saying, all right, you know, here we go. Wreck everybody under caution. So let's go to Talladega this week. Let's take out everybody under caution. And let's let Cody Ware win it because he's the only guy that won't get taken out under caution because he's too slow to keep up. All right. Okay? Well, that's well. what you want to call a legitimate race. Let's call a legitimate race. And let's crown our champion that way. Let's go. My final, my final question 2023 you, Cup Series champion, everybody. Have happened. Did you miss that part? Did you miss it? I, I've said that. I didn't say it should have happened. I, I said he shouldn't be penalized for it. There, there's a right. But difference. if you're not going to penalize him now, what is to say that who's who's going to stop drivers from doing it in the future? Because is this what you want under every caution? He sit and handle it himself, and that'll stop it because that's what always stops it. No, this no because they're just going to continue until they feel like they are even. If By, if Hamlin no. takes out Byron under caution, Byron will come back and take Hamlin out under caution, and it'll be a continuous pissing match. That's th guess what? Until someone is in real danger, that's good for the sport. Rivalries are great. Rivalries are great. Clown shows aren't. If I wanted to go to the clown show, I'd go to the circus, not to the local racetrack. No, you go to Texas. All right, uh, that was, uh, you know, rivalries are good for the sport, and rivalries are good for this show, and that's why we have this segment right here. Um, I did promise that I was going to uh, to go over both of your arguments, and I was going to, to listen closely, and I was going to pick a winner. And I, I want to say, regarding this specific instance, um, I slightly agree with Logan in the fact that we have to go with the what if that we can't go with the what ifs. However, I think Zach wins this argument because, and, and here's why there is no excuse as far as I am concerned. You know, I, I get it personally. I think Denny Hamlin did make contact with William Byron, but I see zero excuse for anybody to wreck anyone else under caution. Um, and, and, you know, sure, William Byron didn't admit it. I, I, I haven't admitted to overeating for the last few years, but you can tell it's happened. I mean, I mean, you can, uh, I, I mean, there are some things that are just blatantly obvious. And, and I, I think the William Byron incident is one of those. And, and yeah, we can go over the what ifs. Thankfully, Nothing serious, no serious injury occurred. It was under caution, so probably no injury or whatever was going to occur. However, here's something that did happen. 
And regardless, you can say Denny Hamlin finished tenth. I saw I saw Dan's comment there. He did get the top ten finish. Denny Hamlin could have been and kind of was on pace to potentially win that race. That could have locked him into the round of eight. That could have that could have now Denny Hamlin sits sixth on the playoff grid with Talladega and the Roval left. And all because he had to fight his way back all the way from, you know, 25th or whatever it was, you know. So because of that, I do agree with Zach. I think Zach wins this argument. And, uh, you know, there are some disagreements there, and that's why we love this sport. That's why we love what we do. Um, But nonetheless, we do have a a race weekend up ahead of us to preview and – talk about chaos we you know we've talked about the last few races being chaotic and being unpredictable and being crazy well guess what we've got talladega coming up it's going to be just as crazy um hopefully we get all three races in without the threat of weather um but nonetheless we'll get all three races in one way or another so we've got trucks xfinity uh which are slated for saturday and then Cup on Sunday. And uh, it, it's time to get some picks here. And Talladega is probably, that and Daytona are probably my least favorite tracks to actually make picks for. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Logan, I'll start with you, buddy, uh, since, I, since I feel bad, uh, since I feel bad about giving you a, a, a loss in that debate. That's all right. That's all right. I'm just a man of the people. I'm just a man of the people here. Just just the voice of the voiceless. But let's get but but first, before I get my prediction, let's look at that last comment by by Dan Foster. If if our lovely producer, my better half, could pull that up. I just want to just want to point that out. There's no harm and no foul. Byron just wanted to show his displeasure and Hamlin couldn't handle the bump. There there shouldn't have there shouldn't have been a bump. There is harm and foul. There, there yeah, is a place to show your displeasure. And it's no, no, there no. is a place and a way to show your displeasure. If William Byron has such is if William Byron's such a tough man, get out your race car, take your helmet off, walk your happy self down to his car, and go give him a piece of his mind. I will. I will agree with Zach on that one. I believe if, if and I don't like, think if our tweets to like uh, that go against your narrative that you paint in, paint in certain chats, he's got yeah. to upset himself. That's I gave you great Twitter content till four in the morning, Zach. All right. What What was your question? If our, if our, no, uh, before, I'm not but, saying he hasn't made contact with other cars under this, caution, uh, I, but I, there I is a that. way to do it. There is a way to do it, and there is a way to not do it and be reckless. Okay, I'm he was take, reckless. I'm, I'm taking control of this here. Uh, first of all, uh, this particular, and, and this is one reason that I, this is one reason that I chose Zach's argument I- anyway. We're not talking about any other incident. We're talking about this one. I don't care about any other incident that Denny Hamlin has never made contact with another car under caution. I'm talking about this specific instance, uh, and and that's why I. I said it should not have done. And bottom line, if it, as far as my opinion goes, if we're saying that our definition of no harm, no foul is Denny Hamlin didn't get put out of the race, then that's a, that's a sad excuse of no harm, no foul, because there was harm. He had to drive from 25th when he was up in the top 10 position, fighting for a race where he potentially could have won and locked himself into the round of eight. There absolutely was harm. 
and there absolutely was foul in that and that's uh in my my view and anybody who is a longtime viewer of dipstick debates knows that i don't agree with zach very often but <laughs> but this, I, is, this I, is easy to agree on and you know what? We'll pull this out the archives. Y'all remember when Kyle Busch wrecked Ron Hornaday in the Truck Series race at Texas, and the NASCAR parked him an entire weekend for it? Now, I'm not saying this is to quite to that degree, okay? Right? He didn't. He didn't technically end Hamlin's race, but he did take away his chance to win. Okay? Can we can we agree on that? There was a 0% chance Denny Hamlin was winning that race from 25th with 60 laps to go. No what? chance. Can I, can Unless I every this? other car in front of him had a tire issue. Can, can, I, can I ask you this? Yeah. What do you think the appropriate penalty would be? Do you still want a penalty? Or is it too late and who cares? And What, what I do you think, think the appropriate penalty would be? The appropriate penalty should have been at the time. Hamlin should have maintained his position of second because the reason why NASCAR put him in the back is because he failed to meet minimum speed because he was spun by William Byron. So he should have been in second, and Byron should have gone to the tail end of the longest line. So how does NASCAR correct it now, or is it just not? Last car on the lead lap. Okay. Last car on the lead lap finish. Okay. I, I, think, I, I don't think there's any way NASCAR can fix it now, but I do think there should have been – a penalty. My personal thing is uh, kind of like Zach said. I think uh, Byron should have gone to the back. Um, the penalty definitely hits a lot better in person. No, it didn't cost him positions, Dan. He finished seventh. This this hitting the wall. There's no marking on the car. And if you look at the tapes, Hamlin never touched him. He never touched him. Okay, you can sit here and whine and complain and comment on this entire stream, but let's get it real. You you don't like Denny Hamlin, and that's what it is. You've never liked Denny Hamlin, and it's because he can kick every single one of your driver's butts every single weekend. Hit me when your driver has three Daytona 500s, Dan. Hit me at that point. Hit my lineup then. Until then, I rest my case. Even even when we're off screen, we can have the – or even when, when some of our – our drivers are off screen. We can have banter. But anyway, we're moving on from this. Uh, um, we've got race picks to make for Talladega. Uh, uh, Logan, my my question to you back then was, uh, who do you have in the truck series picking up a win at Talladega? Oh, I was so much younger then. Um, I'll take Matty D. He's pretty good at, at plate races, and Talladega opens up a whole can of worms. His truck can get it done. Let's go, Matty D. Zach, what about you? You you have a pick for uh for Talladega? Yeah, let me let me take this hat off. Okay, pull any random name out the hat that's obscure in the truck series. Oh, sheesh! Is uh, Danny Bone still racing in the truck series? <laughs> I, no, I'm just good. Derek Kraus. Derek <laughs> Kraus, nineteen all the way. I mean, I think anybody. Hey, that's I'll I'll take any chance I can get to get Zach to root for a nineteen. So. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a, a driver that has won uh, in the trucks at Talladega before, and I'm going to go with Spencer Boyd. State Fogelman not an option this weekend? See, uh, we haven't seen the entry list yet. This is the problem. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to go with Spencer Boyd. I think, uh, I, I think uh, 
something about the Young's Motorsports. They've actually figured out how to get it done the last couple of years at Talladega. Um, what about it? I'll, I'll go ahead and kick us off for Xfinity. Um, I'm going to go. I, I don't think Noah Gregson gets five. Uh, perhaps he perhaps he proves me wrong. Um, I'm going to go with Riley Herbst. I think Riley Herbst uh, gets one done. He's done pretty good at super speedway racing over uh, the few races we've had of it so far. So I, I think uh, Riley Herbst gets the 98 to victory lane. Uh, Zach, what do you think about that? Uh, it's a long-standing <laughs> rivalry with Riley Herbst and I. I stand by my opinions on Riley Herbst. Uh, it's no coincidence that his family owns a gas station that's named is terrible. Terrible Herbst. For a reason. Anyways. All right. We're going to have some fun. It's the Xfinity Series. This driver just got announced in their ride today. Say it with me, everybody. Big Machine Racing getting their second win of the year with Parker Kligerman. Let's go. Thought there'd be more applause for this from the crowd. I'm a. I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay with Parker Kligerman. That would be a be a good. That'd be a fun win for uh, certainly the NBC crowd. Logan, what say you for the Xfinity series? Why not run it back? Why not Brandon Brown? Let's. Why not? That's who I'll take. Brandon Brown. That would be a good good way to send off uh, for Brandon Belt uh, Motorsports for him, and, and hopefully a win there could get him a ride. I don't know. Uh, so then we've got uh, the Cup Series. We've got again, kind of draw out of the hat, like Zach said. And Zach, I'll, I'll let you have first pick. Who are you drawing out of the hat for uh, to, to win for Talladega? Yeah. All right, everybody. Pull those seatbelts tight one more time. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Because we're going with a team that I don't know their future next year. It's uh, it's a super speedway team. They show up every time the track gets two and a half miles or larger. Noah Graxon in the Beard Motorsports car. The 62, baby. That's an interesting pick. Mr. Loganity, I know you're excited for Talladega. Who do you got winning it? Look, there's a man that came a half a lap short. <laughs> back in April. And I think we're going to redeem ourselves. Why not Eric Jones in that 43 car? He, he proved he could do it. Again, Just a, if it was at Daytona, he wins that sucker, but wasn't to be. So why not? Why not in October? Maybe with a little uh, Vortex theory from Ian. Let's get this done. Why not the 43 celebrating the Talladega? Let's get the can another, huh? Well, I'm going to go with the driver. You know, we consistently, we, we typically think of the playoffs and we look at Talladega as one of the few tracks where a non-playoff driver can get a win. Uh, but I'm going to, since everything else seems to have been reversed so far, I'm going to go the, say that Talladega is the first track that we do get a playoff winner at. And uh, I think it's going to be the man at the top of the board. I think Joey Logano wins at Talladega. So, uh, yeah, big. <laughs> uh, Dan says Chastain will get it done. I, that'd be pretty impressive for Chastain to get it done twice at Talladega in the same year. I certainly don't think it's impossible, but. If you can crumb horn, everybody. Hey, that's why I picked Joey Logano. He's not afraid to bulldoze his way through the field. <laughs> yeah, Joey Logano isn't either. If it, uh, if it has to. So, 
Uh, anyways, we'd uh, like to thank everybody for tuning in to this week of Running on Scus. We'll go ahead and bring our producer, Peyton, back in into the into our lineup here. Found a hat. Oh, she did find a hat. <laughs> well, uh, now I'm really left out. I was I was the only one without a hat in this entire episode, but that's okay. Uh, Peyton, do you have any closing remarks that you'd like to say after this uh, episode? It it got a little heated. I've been working on some behind the scenes stuff. Um, that you guys might see in the future. If it gets approved. Thank you, Dan. I know you're talking to Logan and not me. <laughs> we uh I am damn handsome, I know that. <laughs> well we look forward to seeing what you have uh ready for us, Peyton. Uh Logan, what about you? You have any closing remarks before Talladega this weekend? There are a few things I enjoy more than Peyton and Abini. Uh she always looks fantastic in them. I dig it. Uh look, at the end of the day, we can agree or disagree on what's going on with these cars. Talladega, my big concern is I just want everybody to stay, stay safe. That's that's the big chief concern. That's and it wouldn't matter even about the car to be honest with you. It's always a concern at Daytona and Talladega. Uh, so that's my big hope. Hope we see a see a good clean race. Hope we don't have weather impacting it. That would be fantastic. And uh, looking forward to yelling at each other again, Zach, next week. Thanks for being a good sport. And uh, damn, this was fun, wasn't it? It certainly was, Zach. Why don't you hit us with your signature sign off, buddy? I want to pause the signature sign off. And I want to say that if I came across, like I hate NASCAR, this episode, it is actually quite contrary to that belief. I love NASCAR so much that it comes across that I hate it. That's also the same way I feel about Justin and Logan. I also want to shout out that you can listen to the podcast on all of our different platforms. If Logan's too hot or Justin's too ugly or you just can't stand to see me at all, that's fine. And uh, yeah, I want to thank my parents, of course for supporting my NASCAR addiction that we're, like I said, over 20 years strong. Yeah, absolutely. We want to thank everybody for tuning in, uh, whether you watch the show live or whether you're listening uh, on one of those platforms, or even if you're watching this on YouTube after the fact, be sure to hit the like button. If you're here on YouTube, hit subscribe. We post every week. Uh, we go live every Monday. Um, so we will be back next Monday. Uh, and I'd like to thank all of you guys uh, on our team for being here and helping make this happen. And we will see you guys next week on Running on Scuffs. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>